0: Who controls the British pound? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who leaves Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under rafts? We do. We do.
1: Who holds back the electric car? Who makes the Gutenberg a star? We Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of q Quest on this wondrous uh, Alliance Alive Eve. I'm your host, Mike Aps, a.k.a. <laughs> uh And with me, uh, as always...
0: I wanted to get these Yakuza games done before 6. What am I going to do? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Choices. I'm it's ready. me. It's me in a horrible, horrible time-vine feminist or David Fernie, tragic, tragic, tragic human. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, just laughing all the way from Japan, your Gaiji Minogatari, Michael Baker.
0: I didn't actually hear him through my headphones. I could hear him from just the booming laugh reaching the west coast of the United States.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to picking up that game tomorrow.
0: I'm looking forward to Amazon sending it to my doorstep. Uh. Nice. Like a beautiful, like a beautiful baby delivered by the stork, except it's a video game that you put in your 3 ds, <laughs> so completely unrelated, really, but
1: uh, all right, we have many wondrous questions this week, I think, right
0: you're hoping really hard,
1: yes, uh but I believe we actually missed a few from the previous episode,
0: yeah, I only have the episode sixty seven thread yes
1: so and... strawberry eggs reposted her question for last episode. Well, uh, she
2: posted it was two days after we recorded the,
0: this. Yes, so I guess miss, we don't have to miss is the wrong word. Having, we, yeah. we don't have to feel too ashamed for having missed them.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, The other comment we dismissed was from the anime man saying he lives about 30 minutes from Route 66. Wow. It's
2: I mean, your fault, Wills. Depending on how fast I wanted to drive, so did I. Um <laughs> also depends how, how congested the interstates were at that point. Um let's say an hour and a half and we're at sixty six on like if I didn't want to end up reenacting Grand Theft Auto. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it'd be it'd be thrilling too. Oh it Bollocks is. Alliance Live does arrive tomorrow. Nice. I'm boned. How many Yakuza's do you have to finish? I'm trying to like Finish, like, basically, it's two on me, but any given Yakuza is going to be like 40 hours. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to do all the Majima Everywhere system and I have to do all the sub stories. Rip <laughs> you. You're being so supportive in my hour of need. Well, I mean, uh, I guess you can do it. Wow. Well, I fight for my friends. Okay. Oh, crap. The Last Jedi comes out tomorrow, too. Crap.
1: All Entertainment Uh, eve. At least that's only two hours. It's true. Two and a
0: half hours. It's two and a half hours. You can watch it while playing Alliance Alive. As long as you've already watched it once. Watching it while playing the game for the first time might make it confusing.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. All right. uh, So, actual questions, maybe?
0: Okay, okay. You want me to start this off? Sure. From our from our eternal friend Budaï, do you feel that there's a strong appeal to the idea that an RPG character that in RPG characters often live by the moment and don't have to worry about careers and day-to-day employment without any of the stress not being able to do that causes? I don't think most games really address what a normal life looks like in them well enough to really work as a vicarious like haha I don't have to do anything.
2: Unless it's an Atelier game, at which point that's the entire point of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah it's um, a job simulator.
2: It's, yeah. We I mean, grew out of a job simulation genre. Um, I mean, I, I know Lufia too. the main character, Maxim, was a professional monster exterminator.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of the, like, if you feel that you need to define what your character's actual role in this world, like professional monster killer tends to show up a lot, see also The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, otherwise, like, you kind of run into the situation where, like, every person who's ever played a tabletop game has realized that they're a murder hobo, so... Yep. Like, it's one of those things, like, it, it it sticks out more when the game takes the time to address it, and that's very, very rare. I feel like it's, one of the things that... uh that made Persona sort of take off was that, like, it wasn't a job, but it was, like, still something... St- like, the fact that your character goes to school grounded them in reality in a way that yeah. most things bit. don't.
2: And a lot better than most of the usual Gaku and Mono-type games.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. It's
2: like, yeah, they supposedly go to school. I mean, we have scenes in the school. We don't actually see them do anything schoolish. Uh, yeah. Unless the, school, unless the school is literally there to train the kids how to fight in the dungeon.
0: <laughs> yeah, sort of uh, sort of like
2: Heroes what make Labyrinth. Um,
0: yeah. sort of like what separates Persona 3 from its predecessors, where like Persona 1 and 2 yeah, there's a school. Everyone goes to a school. You don't ever do anything in school, but there's a school. Well,
2: well, in Persona 1 the reason for that was that your school managed to get locked into a pocket dimension for the duration of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And that was actually a secondary game within the game. You could just split off and Th- and beat that instead.
0: Snow Queen Quest is mean enough as it is. Like, yeah.
2: I mean, it's like Snow Queen Quest is like a parody of Shin Megami Tensei. If.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one's the one that makes it most obvious. That like, oh yeah, if was kind of the direct predecessor to this, but it's also kind of like making it, making that into sort of like a joke in and of itself.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if was definitely a persona pre- predecessor. The the character actually had a persona.
0: Yeah, although the way you get new personas in if is like the meanest thing in the world.
2: Yeah, that but. that was fun. It's like, okay, you've done well enough. Now, if you happen to die when this meter is full enough, you will get a better persona. Yeah. If you die too soon and the meter's not high enough, you get a crappier one.
0: Making you more prone to dying and getting worse personas.
2: <laughs> well, it does encourage you to backtrack to a different section of hell and work on stuff.
0: Just gotta go back and out of hell and sort my life out.
2: So it does help that the the uh, hell of sloth in that game. It takes forever. The monsters oh,
0: are fairly
2: low level, and it's really just ridiculously easy to grind up Persona level and all the special little gyms that you need to trade stuff to get better stuff than what you can actually catch in that level.
0: Um, yeah, I want to say the if protagonists show up in Persona two. Or at least their designs do.
2: Possibly. I mean, the, um, in If, they actually make a ref, I mean, the kid who gives you the devil computer in If actually makes a reference to the original Shin Megami Tensei about three kids running around with a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was really just like a. Because, like, If is really just a what if for Persona's. Uh, for not Persona, Shin Megami Tensei.
2: Yeah. Like, what if the disaffected kid in your class, instead of coming to go, coming to school with a shotgun, decided to buy his way into a principality of hell by trading the souls of his entire class?
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> quite a start.
2: The entire school with faculty, because that's
0: actually what happens. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a start. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to recommend playing Persona One and presumably if I haven't played it but persona 1 on its own like gameplay because it's a weird archaic video game but
2: and it also has some more interesting pl- ways to deviate on plot I mean yeah. it, had the, it had the most fluid alignment system of any game in the series and it's probably both a good and a bad thing mm-hmm. um, but I mean yeah you could just you could double cross everybody in that game
0: uh, I just remember playing persona one and like the way that that game distributes exp is an interesting concept because it's like trying to give characters that did more in battle more XP, but it creates this situation where, like, especially like characters that primarily do certain kinds of like support actions, basically never level up and get left behind. It's real bad. Yeah. It also has uh, like a bazillion elements in that game. I think it has like ten magic and ten science elements. Yeah, so like it's yeah. especially. Confusing if you played later games because it's like, oh, let's do Megado. That's almighty, isn't it? No, it's nuclear aligned. Things can resist it and, in fact, deflect it. That destroyed my entire party once. <laughs> Whoops.
2: Oh. But you know, it's you know, it's a Mega Ten game when you go up against a boss and you find out too late that he absorbs physical damage.
0: Ah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I just I remember I think it. Like, the worst part about it is I remember that party wipe because, like, I think the enemy was literally, like, a demon inside a toilet. <laughs> like, it was just my, the most, like, my, it was based... <laughs> yeah, good
2: But My favorite Ten battle is still Skippy the Wonder Dolphin.
0: Oh, man, I want to fight that. <laughs> um, Which game yeah, that uh, in?
2: Soul Hackers.
0: Oh, man, I need he's to hidden
2: in a. He's hidden, hidden in a portrait in the virtual art gallery with your sister's soul. <laughs> and he looks like an angelic dolphin. Beautiful. And he just wants to stay there with her and play forever and t- while her body withers to death on the outside wall.
0: I mean, it'd, it'd be a fine way to die.
2: But even better, even better, okay, so he knows hypnosis. He knows several random really annoying spells. He absorbs, um, I mean, he he absorbs all magic and has like a 95% physical defense so you can wow. rarely hit anything more than like 9 damage off of him with a critical,
0: physically well, that, attacked. That sounds miserable.
2: <laughs> oh, but but here's the fun thing. I actually beat him the first time by nickel and diming him to death after he'd run out of MP and that was really, really annoying, and um, that was the play- PlayStation version, but I checked some, uh, picked up on strategies for the 3DS version, yeah. and found out, or actually no, I didn't even have to do that. It was later on when I was playing PlayStation version, I came to the realization of, exactly how the game manages absorbed hit points. Hmm. Where if you absorb somewhere in range of two to three hundred percent of your total hit points, I think it was, you spontaneously combust. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to kill it. That's how you're supposed to kill it. You just keep hitting that sucker with magic spells until he blows up.
0: Wow. It took me all of like
2: five or ten minutes a second time. <laughs>
0: I would imagine that the first time it was like a multi-hour odyssey.
2: The first time it was almost as long as trying to defeat Magimaster in Final Fantasy VI with Osmos and Rask. <laughs> Which I did the one time because I couldn't, I couldn't manage any good defense against the Ultima spell that he casts at the, when he dies. I don't... I don't know what to say. <laughs> I was in high school, I had extra free time, I was easily amused apparently, it took an hour and a half. Um,
0: I'm, I'm so sorry.
2: Yes. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Or so, I mean, sometimes you'll... Oh, a good one for a guy who actually has a job. Tornickel.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, they built the entire game around, like, no, you need to find things to put in your shop and sell them. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. And there's and a now I'm disappointed that they've
0: only... Okay.
2: I was mean, like, um... Uh, what, what one was it? It was Carpe Fulger did the translation. Capitalism Ho. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rat Yeah, Rissetier
0: and yeah, I. That was
2: very know. similar to that.
0: Yeah. I'm disappointed in Square Enix that they never, at any point, have been like we made it. We made like we let them do mystery dungeon games, but we never actually made a game where Torneco just like shopkeeps.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Meister Games were never really their wheelhouse to begin with. True enough. True enough. Yeah.
0: And I'm dis- It's the principle. I'm disappointed.
2: Yeah. Anything else? Um, no. Professional monster hunter. Occasionally merchant. Um.
0: He's done a I've lot. of a things. Few,
2: I've seen a few fortune tellers who were very proactive in getting their fortunes realized. Um, um. But no. Yeah. Adventurous murder hobo it tends to be the primary job.
0: Yeah. I can relate more when they feel the need to explain uh explain where it went.
2: Oh wait a professional blitzball player. There oh man go.
0: of the Zenarkined Abes. I don't know what an Abe is, but Yeah, that's uh that's actually a pretty rare job. Like, oh, you know, I play sports. <laughs> <laughs> In December okay. eleventh. Oh, yeah. Well, either yeah. Numa 11 just did the opposite and built the entire thing around what if the sport was the catalyst to save the world or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what? if they start at Save the World, but I know by the end they're at Save the World. <laughs> well, um, the
2: first one, it was just Save the School from, like, um... Un-
0: uh, just from falling. It's <laughs> something that a soccer match could theoretically do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just build the school's popularity to the point where they didn't close it down, or at least did not close the school's soccer team down by the end of the year, which is actually a major thought element in a lot of sports manga.
0: Yeah, it seems like kind of the... like That doesn't surprise me that uh, Inazuma Eleven would be drawing off of, I don't know, probably Captain Tsubasa or something, but...
2: Oh, a bit of everything. I mean, I've got a I've got a high school sumo manga on my shelf over there where that was a major huh. plot point was that the main character was the last member of his school sumo team and they had hadn't been able to actually field a five-man team for the group competition at the inter-high school uh, championships for years because he was the only one left.
0: I'm going to be honest, it, that sounds more likely than not being able to field a soccer team. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah and and so he had to uh, scrape together four more people to provisionally join the sumo club for the, the next three weeks in order for him to at least have a chance to try the team. Uh, wow.
0: Companies.
2: So it was a very funny manga. I really liked it. But yeah, it's um, that's the kind of story that you will get in most sports manga at some point or other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. just because it's something that does happen sometimes if the club isn't popular enough or it's just doing that badly for a long enough period of time, they close it yeah,
0: that makes sense I mean that's, that's just how you have to run a school I mean, no one wants to do this trying to maintain it doesn't make sense
2: yeah now the fact that in 11 Eleven Two they started off with aliens invading the planet with explosive soccer balls
0: yeah, like, it just went completely off the rails <laughs> from Game 2.
2: <laughs> not not just off the rails, it went com- gloriously, like, um, Back to the Future 3's flying train off the rails.
0: <laughs> the only, like, I know that some of them involve, like, time magic or something, once you start uh, the, getting to, like, Inazuma 11 Go. Inazumi 11 Go
2: uses the time travel stuff more often, but I think the first time travel plot was in the the extended version of Inazuma Eleven 3, The Ogre. Wow. Where they did have some champions from the future come to present day to... to conquer the championship that was actually the main point of the story. (laughs) Uh, But no, the GO series actually made time travel the main... one of the main things, I think. Or at least, I mean, I've only played the demo of Inazuma Eleven GO 2. And that was set it, during the Hundred Years' War, and you got to recruit Joan of Arc to help you play soccer <laughs> on the battlements of a, a castle somewhere in the Loire Valley. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: That sounds pretty amazing, actually.
0: Well, okay then. Yes. Um,
2: and I, I, should, I would like to note that Level 5 still owns the naming rights to the main soccer stadium in Fukuoka City.
0: <laughs> do they even still make Inazuma 11 games?
2: Yeah, huh. I, I, I'm guessing so. I mean, I don't know when the last one was, but they are probably planning on it, if only another reboot.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I feel they like they do kind of a fire and forget on a lot of these series, so I'm never sure which ones they still do.
2: I mean, they're, they're like six games into Inazuma 11, so they're not going to yeah. fire that one or forget it after this. Um,. I'm asking. I mean, they Uncle just idiot. just kind of rebooted Yokai Watch.
0: Hmm.
2: So, soft reboot. But yeah.
0: Um, Step three, or is that a different game that I haven't heard about?
2: It's a new storyline post three. It has. Oh. Um, I think it actually is more connected to the last movie that they did, uh. which definitely set prior to the events of Yokai Watch and may involve Yokai, Yo-Kai Watch main characters some sort of relative. Hmm. Like, big sister or mom or something, I'm not sure.
0: It hasn't reached its full potential until they cross it over with Gagage no They did. (laughs) Ah!
2: In fact, that was, (laughs) yes, um, yes they did.
0: Well, it reached its full potential, then. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking There's also a sequel
1: to the the weird Ghostbusters
0: uh, yokai Watch game. The kai Busters, very yeah. creatively named.
2: It's, and and this time it's making fun of Indiana Jones.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> you didn't sue us last time. Let's see how you feel this time. <laughs> Bring it on!
2: We had a fake st- Stay puff Marshmallow Man in the first game, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so the last Inazuma Eleven game was um, for Switch and PlayStation 4, oddly enough, um, back in... 2016, and this spring they're um, they're doing an anime variation on the
0: story. Hmm. Well done. I guess it continues. It continues. Yeah, oh, heavens. These are, like... But, level 5 just went full in on Square Enix's horrifically named polymorphic content and produced this nonsense.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the big difference here being that Level 5 has so far succeeded at it.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely.
2: Massively succeeded at it. I mean, even more than, like, Bandai used to do in the old days. Yeah, I'm trying
0: to think of, like, what their failures are in that arena, and it's, like, Gundam Age, I guess?
2: Gundam Age is the only real er um, problem that they had with the anime side. Um, Little Battlers kind of fizzled out. I mean, they've got the uh, Little Battlers Girls DMM game now.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's one of those things where it's, like, I think that As long as it made it to a couple of games and an anime movie, I think they're generally satisfied with it. They're just okay with it occasionally. Just, okay, well, this is dead. Yeah, (laughs) um, Nino Kuni
2: is obviously picking up again. Yeah, it just came out in English. Yeah, and and in Japanese, it came out at the same time almost, I think. Huh. Um, And then there's the the snack world, which I'm still waiting to see how that turns out. They're trying to push it, but it doesn't look like it's gotten as impressive. It's
0: going to depend on the quality of the snacks, truly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I'm thinking it's more like how... Um, I think it was Yo-Kai Watch had very, like, tepid sales for the first six or seven months. Mm-hmm. And then the anime came out the following January, and so then suddenly there was a massive spike where it ended up in the top five games on the sales ratings. again. Oh, wow. Um, wow. That month. It, it didn't, I don't think it made it past number 20 at the first month that it was available. I mean, it was just a, like...
0: And and down
2: Woo what happened there? The pe- oh, January something or other. The anime started. That makes sense. Okay.
0: You get a nice sweetheart deal on where you get the on your time slot for the anime and suddenly you can sell a game.
2: Yeah. So it was it was an impressive comeback for the first Yokai watch game and it has never looked back since.
0: Seemingly. Yep. That's the crown jewel of the level five crown at this moment.
2: Yep. Too bad it never
0: really caught on here. Yeah, that didn't stop Nintendo from trying.
2: Yeah, and then I mean they did have a couple of games that they had to cancel production on, like Ushiro, which never figured out what happened to that. And
0: yeah, I think there's a few Level Five games that just sort of like died in the womb, but we didn't really hear. It. I think they like they showed them and then just yeah. disappeared. Whoops.
2: Yeah, Ushiro is the only one I can think of that I actually wrote anything about it in Japan Demonium. Um, let's see, Fantasy Life. That never really went anywhere.
0: I think they just made, like, a mobile version of it not that long ago. Maybe. But yeah, like, that was... I'm just remembering them as, like, oh, they were... I'm remembering, like, oh, Jesus, 14 years ago when they were, like, oh, Microsoft's partnering with Level 5 to make an original Xbox-only MMO. That's sure gonna... That's gonna do <laughs> some Lusters. Oh, I, I did not remember that one at all. True Fantasy Live Online. That game... Did not come out. (laughs) That was a bit like Fantasy Life. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine bits of Fantasy Life were probably cobbled together from some of the work that had been done on that, even if just in, like, concept art, but...
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, uh... That game was, I believe, announced around the time that, like, Xbox Live got off the ground, and, like, it just sort of kept disappearing for years, and then the Xbox 360 became Microsoft's concern, Level 5 was like, yeah, screw this. And no one ever heard from it again.
2: <laughs> okay. So do we have another question?
0: Uh, there is a related one. The next one from Budai. Also, what do you think about so many RPG characters having no family? Do you think there is a reason for this mechanic? What about the amnesia trope that also appears a handful of times? Like most questions I ask, I have Hand- A handful but- of times? That used, to be, like, that, that used to be more common than it is, because it was an easy way to introduce something and not have and not have the player ask, why is everyone explaining this to someone who should already know everything about it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, That's why they made Titus the way he was. Yep. Yep. Yeah, as for the no parents thing, it often goes back to the no real background thing, either.
0: Yeah, you go back far enough, and it's just like, oh, like these aren't characters, they're just things that you interact with the game world via... So they don't really have a backstory and they don't really have connections because that defines them in a way that you don't have control over.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean sometimes you have things that are, I mean, make the difference, like Chrono's Mom. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, oh, I'm remembering a game called Soul Getter for Game Boy Color, hmm. um, where your, your character, you can choose boy or girl, but either way, um, every, every time, or all of your adventures are done after school. <laughs> so you go to school, you ch- you leave for the day right after bit after lunch like 1 or 2 p.m., you teleport to where the next spot of the adventure is, you help the help your friends survive it, and then you teleport back as fast as you can so that your parents don't realize that what you're doing.
0: That's cute. I like that idea.
2: And when your parents do discover this late, late in the game, you actually get a most heroic spanking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should have told us, son. Or daughter.
2: Or daughter, yeah. It's a really cute little game. I still have it. Yeah, it's a nice idea. I like that. But yeah, it's interesting because the hero... First of all, you can choose hero or heroine, but you're still quite defined by the family
0: dynamic. Hmm. That's neat. Like, Yeah, because again, like, having... Mo- most games, if they're going to drag in a character's relatives, they're going to do it for drama. Like... They they either are on the opposite side of whatever conflict drives the game, or they got killed in the conflict. Shin Megami uh, Tensei, your mom gets
2: eaten. Yeah. In the first thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, just, Yikes. <laughs> long, just to make sure it that you know that place this means to business. Be like a ganger,
0: who, which you have to kill. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> is Let's it, just add this to the long it? list
2: of why this game would never have gotten localized back when it was first made.
0: Yeah, at the time it didn't really didn't really make traditional sense.
2: I mean, this is I mean, there were like four or five things that Nintendo would have said no to before we get to the point where t- America nukes Tokyo.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of things. That it's just like, why why would you even try this? Why would you even dare to bring this in front of people?
2: Because we want to see people's eyes bug out as they read. Shh. We we are actually doing an advanced sociological experiment to test reading level among various populations, and we are te- we are measuring this by their reactions as they read certain sections of the paper.
0: How deeply upset upset are they by Shin Megami Tensei? Oh, not, not
2: just that, but we're timing them. It's like, okay, his eyes bugged out at 15 seconds, but hers bugged out at 10. She can read faster.
0: Uh, well, it would be an effective study. Yep. Please pursue this. Pursue I, this I, have,
2: I have heard of English teachers in America using a modest proposal for this kind of thing to test um, student, <laughs> student speech. <laughs> reading speech.
0: Reading, reading comprehension, all that stuff.
2: Yes, because it's you can pretty much guarantee where the first major reaction point is going to be in that particular essay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't know what you're getting into, Jonathan Swift's. Um, prose is dry enough that it will catch you completely off guard.
0: <laughs> a master of deadpan. Yes. Uh, but yeah. It's real convenient not to have to worry about family unless you want to use them dramatically, so... Video games.
2: <laughs> yep. As for the amnesia trope, like you said, it's a good way of just making sure that the character has a mysterious past that definitely does fit within the narrative, that at the same time he needs the entire narrative explained to him
0: yeah like they can it can be used to hide something about the main character and a lot of games use it for that but sometimes it just is done because like oh well it gives an excuse to explain everything
1: yeah i always like the way
0: that uh knights of the old republic used that yeah no that's a good use of uh well, I won't say, but it's a good. <laughs> no, idea. it's okay. It's an old game. We can spoil it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good use of hide something about the main character. Yeah, but, but then again, have... it doesn't make it immediately clear that you have amnesia either. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I mean, if we actually tried to explain that entire bit, we probably were going to run out of time. <laughs> so. uh,
0: but yeah, like a, a lot of times they actually will, like. like Knights of the Old Republic had the benefit that you probably already know at least some stuff about Star Wars, so it doesn't have to explain everything from the ground up.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can just sort of just start and like, if you don't already know what you're getting into then, hey, let's have some fun.
0: Um, yeah. I will be back in a moment. Sure.
2: But, like, but yeah, imagine something like um, oh, what was the game? Um, Oh, okay. it was oh dang it. it was like a monster hunter or god eater clone but oh severin was playing it and it was like you're a you're a prisoner and you're working off like a million uh, 1 million year sentence like oh,
1: it's uh it's freedom something Thank hey, freedom wars freedom wars that's it and my brain wanted yeah. to say uh freedom force but that is something else entirely <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, in that one, you're main, you get hit with plot-induced amnesia, and you get fined for it for <laughs> so damaging important government property and losing government secrets. Uh, That's half the reason why your sentence is suddenly in the sextuple digits.
1: Uh, such a weird game.
2: Yes, and I know just the screenshots he was taking of it were the best things. Like, I was telling him, please just keep taking every single time you get a violation of something. (laughs) Because there's so many ways to get extra years added onto Uh, your sentence. Yeah, remembering
1: some of the dumb things you could do right at the start of the game? Like, I think just sitting down. Sitting down, yep.
2: Resting in an unapproved position. (laughs) Talking to the opposite sex without proper authorization. Yep. Walking too far away from somebody. Talking to your parole officer Not talking to your parole officer
1: <laughs> Breathing,
2: perhaps? I don't think they quite did that one But I think they may have done breathing in an unapproved area
1: <laughs> That's about right I need to go back and play some more of that game That's a weird, weird game
2: So we have another question coming up?
1: I believe so It's from Budai I would say, happy Nino Cooney Kuni 2 release, but David said something about his TV, and Michael doesn't have a PS4, even though I know he has played the original on the DS, and I'm not sure if Wheels is getting it. I did, FYI. Hopefully I'll have a big chunk of the game completed by the time the next episode is released.
2: So what do you think of it so far, Wheels?
1: Uh, It's pretty nice. It's a completely different battle system from the original, which was completely... Different from the DS game. I'm um,
2: gonna say, which original are we talking about? Yeah. Um, so
1: it's, uh, it's you know, I, wanna... I was
2: pleasantly surprised by Mac's review. I was, I had no idea what to expect from this one.
1: No, it's good. It's um, so unlike the the PS3 version, which was like a weird am- amalgamation of uh, turn-based and action. It's fully set on action. I wouldn't say it's quite like a Tales game but that's like the nearest comparison I could make
2: um, uh, I was thinking something like a combination of tails and Pikmin is what I heard could be about right though I haven't
1: seen anything pikmin just yet uh,
2: something about the little things that you have to manage on the field or something
1: I, I know it's got like an empire building mechanic I don't know if that's part of it maybe that's also in the battles and I maybe
2: based this on commentary from two years ago as well. So <laughs> seriously, you know more about this game than I do at yeah. this point.
1: No, but I mean it's fun, it's obviously it looks really nice. Uh, but as as far as I've gotten the like the main character gets and this this is probably gonna be true of the other characters, you get like a some kind of armament ring where you can equip several different weapons. So I think it's
2: like two melee and one ranged. And it's nice that more games are implementing that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Saga, yay! Metal Max, yay! Finally another game system, yay! yay. Uh, so it's pretty cool.
1: Uh, hopefully I get to play some more of it soon. Um, it's got a much, much quicker start than the original game did. I I forget what it was like on the DS, but it's kind of a slow... Yeah, we- s-
2: It was largely the same on the DS, except all of the references to the fifth chapter of Ashes were not there, obviously. Right. So, I mean, it was a good 40-minute start on the DS.
1: I would say a a bit longer than that on the PS3, but, I mean, the the new game, um, it's like, okay, here's the real-world part, and smash cut to the fantasy world. Oh, there's a coup. Oh, you're in combat. Oh, fun. Like really quickly. Right.
2: They, they chose a story where that worked a lot better than with the first game, where you start off in. Uh, what was it? It wasn't wasn't quite Podunk. No, it was Hotroy. That was it, Hotroy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, po, podunk was Secret of Evermore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It just it works, and um, yeah, it's. Um, you know it. Doesn't really feel like it. And it doesn't really feel like it's like rushing things at you too quick or anything. It just feels like uh, you get in the thick of things quickly. It does a good job of like explaining things really quickly what's going on, and I'm sure a lot more stuff about the world will be revealed as you go. Uh, it's just it seems really good. Hopefully it continues uh, to be so, but uh, so far so good. I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm still hoping that someday someone will finish a fan translation of the DS game. Eventually,
2: so. but you're going to need the book in order to play that.
1: Yeah. It, which does exist does exist in English.
2: It does. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. So, so for the
2: if, if, if you're talking about the version that's on the disc for the PlayStation 3 version, yeah. it's missing sections. Oh, uh, okay. It's missing some of the illustrations that you would need to do some of the side puzzles,
1: I think. Well, they they released with the special edition, like, a uh, an actual physical copy of it. So I don't know if that's the same I, as what's on the I, disc.
2: I, I got a physical copy just for buying the PS3 version, because they had extras. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so I've got two copies. Nice. Yes. One open and one in plastic. <laughs>
1: but I did actually import uh, the DS version because I think it was on Amazon for, like, 20 bucks or something ridiculous like that. Nice. Uh, So I do have... With the book, yeah.
2: Yay. So, yeah, um, like, there's a... In the the DS version of the game, whenever you sleep at an inn, you will occasionally enter a dream world, which you can see in the middle of the book, if you open it up and there's this really nice two-page spread, like illuminated manuscript kind of thing that's the dream world uh. and it'll and the rabbit guy who lives there he will give you riddles like how many fish are in the sky and you can't see the sky in the DS game <laughs> but if you look in the book <laughs> <laughs> you can count the number of fish swimming in the sky but <laughs> yeah I oh, like well. so yeah, the have a Vita version for that one
1: yeah that would have been fun. I'd like a. I would would have liked a, another portable Nino Cooney. No such luck. Maybe they'll make something on the Switch. Not that that helps you at the moment.
2: <laughs> but I'm far more likely to get a Switch in the future than a PS Four.
1: Uh, That's true. Uh, and mentioned it before, but the latest um, Atelier game just came out on the Switch as well.
2: The Lydian Soul.
1: Yep. Although I think they're still released, Are they they still releasing those on Vita in Japan.
2: Oh, they've got they've got the entire PlayStation Three catalog on Vita right now. <laughs> I mean, they're not always the best ports, apparently. Um, I wouldn't know yet, um, but I'm sure I will break down and get a few of them later. I mean I still have I still haven't played Maruru or um, the last two of the mysterious games.
1: Okay. Uh, the last one I was working on was... Uh, it was Sophie? I feel
2: like Yes, that's... Sophie. The one that kind of dragged on and on a bit.
1: Yeah. Which is probably why I didn't finish it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had some balancing issues with its flags, and the fact that the calendar system was there, but it didn't actually count for anything. Yeah. Really. And... Yeah, it, I mean, I I said in my review, it really reminded me of the PlayStation Two games, um, especially Judy and Lily, and not necess- and that's not a necessarily a good comparison to make, no. because Lily in particular had some massive balancing issues with its plot versus its gameplay. Ooh. Not to mention the fact that if you actually want to beat the game properly, you're gonna to have to get the plus version because there's a nasty flag bug in the original release, which I did not know when I played the original release. Oh. <laughs>
1: well, what was I going to say? Well, thankfully, they can patch those away these days, but no such luck. The PS2. Is, that kind of reminds me of the big bug that um 2 had in, uh, I think it was just the English release.
2: Well, was that the one where the, tra- the localization caused a bug that if a if one boss started a line of dialogue in the middle of their battle, then the entire thing would crash. Yes. So you actually had to beat the boss before she st- she opened her mouth?
1: Yep, and there was a way to cheese it, which is what I had to do to to get around that issue.
2: It's what everyone had to do from what yeah, I heard. It was um, pretty annoying. You know, the, the bug in Lily was that you could learn about this one item, this one um, material item, you couldn't not ever discover how to make it.
1: Ooh.
2: And they had revamped the alchemy system from Ellie, the previous game, um, where in the first and second games, you could actually, like, you could, a bit with a bit more difficulty, you could just force your way into learning something just by mixing stuff together if you thought it would work. Huh. They took that out of Lily. Oh, no. <laughs> So there was literally no way to make this item. However, this item was one of the key I- key things in a very long sequence of events that would eventually lead the main character to create, effectively creating a time machine to deep extinction. Um, it's seriously. In order to make chocolate in the game, you had to uh, reverse the process of extinction and bring the species back to life. Wow. <laughs> What the hell game did I come <laughs> back to
0: you people discussing?
2: Atelier Lily. The oh, AKA man. the single most broken game that Gust ever made. And that's saying oh. something. Oh, is that the is that the DS one? No, this is the PlayStation 2 one, their first PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. Oh, I remember because I remember Lees,
0: reading. Oh, Lees,
2: was pretty, Lee's was pretty broken as well, but not in ways that prevented you from finishing one of the major quest lines.
0: Oops. Yes. I remember, like, Atelier Lily, like, lives in a deep part of my brain, because I remember reading, a, it was the first one that I read about in, like, an import preview in an old PlayStation magazine, and I was like, this sounds, this idea sounds interesting, I wonder if we'll ever get these. Five, six years later, oh, Atelier Iris, I guess this is, Atelier, Atelier, whatever, I'm not going to bother pronouncing it correctly anymore. Itelier. <laughs> Itelier. Hey, I'm the okay.
1: one that's supposed to mispronounce it. Damn it!
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. The Gus, Gus hired voice actors are the ones who are supposed to mispronounce it every single time.
0: <laughs> but uh, in in this case, it's one of those things where like it lives in a deep part of my brain because it was like it was real early in the PS2's lifetime, and I see a preview of this because like there's not a lot of PS2 games to preview. We got to preview all of them, so <laughs> here's that and Super galdelic Hour and whatever the hell other early PS2 uh, games that were only in Japan. Tales, so Tales one, of Destiny Remake? No, that's that's a much later game, dude. That's was like it? 2005. Oh, I thought that was earlier. That's post-Tales of Rebirth, that's post-Tales of Destiny oh, 2. Te- like,
1: that's right, Tales of Destiny 2 came before, my bad.
0: Yeah. I remember being really upset that we weren't getting Tales of Destiny Two because I was a Tales of Destiny One fan and I knew that Tales of Destiny Two they released on PS One was not what I was promised. <laughs> uh, but Tales of Destiny Two on is is not a great sequel. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. What what uh, brought up Alchemist uh, Lily in this case?
2: Um, well, we were talking about Sophie and I was talking about how I made. Uh, comparisons to the older PS2 games of the series to Sophie in terms of hmm. issues with plot balance and things to do, and like, oh crap, the boss showed up well before I was able to unlock several items via plot element. Um, so, first, the fact that it had a final boss at all makes it quite different from Lily. Lily <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a final boss. Um. None of the Gust- none of the Atelier games prior to Atelier Iris had a final oh. boss. They would they would often have like optional bosses and special endings for some of them, but they didn't have they didn't have enough plot to have a final boss.
0: I'm having a I'm in a text conversation and unrela- and they are for some reason also discussing this series. <laughs> I just saw someone just wow. saw someone. Just saw someone say, Gust Budget Breakdown, Moe 50%, Music 50%, QA 0%. <laughs> Ouch. They're
2: not quite that bad. They're not Idea Factory.
0: Yeah, Idea Factory can take the crown, but still, there's a... It's, it's a pretty small... It's a smaller amount of the budget than it should be.
1: Idea Factory yeah. has a budget? This is news oh, to Idea me.
2: Has a huge budget for Moe, Boys Love, and Nice... Drawings, the writers. Maybe that's like one percent in there.
0: Yeah, whoever is willing to, whoever is so desperate to work in an environment where they're surrounded by those things that they will work for free. <laughs> Man, that was, that was a horrifying bit of synchronicity in my life. That I like turn away to look at this text conversation. And it's like, oh, here's a <laughs> here's the discussion of the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, There's n- no escaping gust. Yeah, I, I presume that you guys read off into another question, or
1: yeah, it was a question about
0: uh, Nino Kuni two. And... Yeah, that wasn't really. I didn't. That didn't seem like a question. That seemed like a comment. but...
2: that we were just commenting on.
0: Yeah, oh, fair uh, enough. It was basically,
1: it, hey guys, are you gonna get Nino Kuni two and is it good? And I, I'm temp-
0: I admit I'm tempted by it because I think that like the big problem with Nino Kuni one on PS3. For me, like the biggest one, the one that kept me from really playing more than like a, past a certain point was just that, like, no matter what I thought of the aesthetic or anything else about the game, the battles aren't fun, and there's a lot of them. Yep. <laughs> like, the combat in Ni no Kuni 1 is terrible, and hopefully, from what I've heard, the combat in Ni no Kuni 2 is at least passable, so. It's well more than passable. Like I said, at least passable. Yeah, so I might get, I might, I might get sucked into that. I, I feel like I've been down this route again, and it's gonna it, before, and it's gonna happen again, and it's gonna keep happening. So. <laughs> Not off the top of my head, but I get the sense that you're going for a joke, and I'm ready for it.
2: Uh, they might be giants. I think oh. it was the Apollo 18 album. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're even older <laughs> Oh, I have
0: heard that before.
2: Older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're older still.
0: And now I just want Wheels to put They Might Be Giants into the musical breaks here. That can be arranged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, please okay, please so put in
0: the one that I always think of, Bastard Wants To Hit Me. <laughs> well, yeah. would, Sorry, continue. Why would I just well, put in the one he was just singing? <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying put in both. You have multiple music breaks.
1: Yeah, but I had plans for the other one. What? Did you have plans for the other one? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I had no plans.
0: Okay, you plan have plans. What were you going to say before we went off on this production prippery?
2: Well, you know how Facebook sometimes likes to put up, um, like, this, on this day in such and such year... Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to find it, but um, I got one today. It was from 2011, and it was me commenting towards the end, of, uh, somewhere towards the end of the game. and It's like, oh, where was it? Uh, I've lost it now. Um, but it was like, oh, just when I thought everything was going to end happily ever after for my characters, the final boss appears. Oh well, you know, it's not over until Cthulhu arrives.
0: Yeah. That- the sad, th- the, not sad, but the funny thing is just how many things that could be. Really anything, really. <laughs> yeah.
2: Though in the case of this game, it really was Cthulhu. <laughs> nice. Or make that not named as such, but obviously a star spawn of Cthulhu. Is
1: this a Megatan game?
2: No, this was Mark of the Mermaid PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm you so told so us like,
0: about this one. Mark Survival Horror Tactical RPG. Yeah, he told us about this one. It sounds fascinating. <laughs> Mark of the Mermaid, huh. Ninja the and Man, I just... I just... I just want to be able to play all of the quirky PS1-era RPGs. Just inject them into me. There are just some really
2: funny ones.
0: I miss when budgets were so small that you could just make this complete nonsense, and whatever. I mean, it only had to sell like 30,000 copies and you broke even. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving to the next, the next in the Budai line. Uh, he starts talking about Dracula and Frankenstein monsters. I think this was in response to a question posed at the end of last episode.
2: Uh, maybe something to do with Codename Steam.
0: Yeah, I think it was about, like, things to be in another in a sequel to Codename Steam. Oh, yeah.
2: I was going to say, Strawberry had some comments on the same thing, so we could just put those together here.
0: Yeah, let's lump that. Uh, possible Codename Steam sequel characters, Alice from Alice's... Uh, This is Strawberry Eggs. Alice from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Huck Finn to compliment Tom Sawyer. The Time Traveler from The Time Machine. Buck from Call of the Wild. Yes, the dog. One of the three musketeers. Maybe uh, D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan? Yeah, I I am not good with language or words. Uh... (laughs) Calamity Jane, she was a real person, many of her exploits are probably more legend than fact and I mean, also codenames Steam 1 had like Abraham Lincoln in it, so we're fine yeah. Uh, yeah. Edmund Dantes slash the Count of Monte Cristo and Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea but their morally ambiguous characters might lead them to be antagonists at least to start with If they were to stick with Lovecraft-inspired creatures for the sequel Wilbur what, uh, Whatley and the Dutch Dunwich, hor- Dunwich, Dunwich Dunwich Horror could be the main villain you I like know? those ideas yeah. yep. well, I don't
2: play this game like, I'm thinking like Cheshire Cat as a character um, <laughs> I'm thinking D'Artagnan is probably going to be like 300 years dead at this point so probably not Dante's That's... is a good idea um, who else would be interesting to have um, mm, hmm. Pecos Bill and Paul Bunyan oh that'd be mm. fun yeah those would be fun for villains, I mean, like you mentioned the time traveler, so let's say the Morlocks steal the time machine and are invading from the year 50,000 AD.
0: There you go. You bring, in, you bring in the time traveler from the time machine and it frees up a lot of, like, this person shouldn't be alive at this time as well.
2: True. true. <laughs> but then then we start going into really insane, like, Inizim 11 Go levels of how in the world do we get these characters together. Um, you say
0: that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I've I,
2: I played one or two Tales um, side games where they use time travel and it just really ruined it
0: those games are yeah, well also a lot of those Tales side games that are crossovers don't work so good Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I mean this one was only cro- this
2: was a sequel to Tales of Fantasia and they only used time travel oh, Narakiri Dungeon cast in, and did absolutely nothing for the original cast that detracted from the game overall but, okay, getting back here so I mean, we could say the Morlocks are coming from the future, or um, it could be the the Queen of Hearts invading from Wonderland. Mm, um, we don't really have to do Lovecraft again because I mean, honestly, the combination of H. G. Wells's iPods and um, and H. P. Lovecraft things which should not be that was a very nice combination. But I don't really think we could ups- we could one up that one. Mm-hmm. So we, let's just try something completely different. So I mean, Morlocks, uh, Queen of Hearts. Who else would be really cool? Um, could it just be Dracula trying to take over the planet.
0: There you go. Yeah, I'd believe that. Uh, Bring in Sherlock Holmes. I don't care. <laughs> or, or it could be, um,
2: Pellucidar. They could go. They could go a little later with the, the stuff and start borrowing from the Tars um, from Edgar Rice Burroughs.
0: Yeah, but then you actually have to start dealing with the estates of people who uh, still technically own them, so that's what you end up running into. That no, reminds I am
2: mean, not, th- not talking about Barsoom, I'm talking about Pellucidar. Do you know mm. that series?
0: Mm, I don't think I know that one off the top of my head.
2: Um, that was one of his other series, and that was the one that was the Inner World. Mm-hmm. So you had the Outer World, which was our world steam period, and... You had Pellucidar the inner world, which was st- still dominated by, which is dominated by a never-setting sun, immense jungles and deserts, and lots of dinosaurs. Hmm. And the and the humans of that world are permanently or permanently subjugated by telepathic um, tyrannodons.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't like the the issue I run into is I don't know what like a handful of Burroughs' writings are still in copyright, which is why, like, of all things, I was looking at this recently, like, this is why the Tarzan world from Kingdom Hearts never showed up in a sequel after Kingdom Hearts 1 is issues with Burroughs' estate. So I'm okay, curious... I can
2: believe that one. I can believe that one.
0: Yeah, like, Tarzan's definitely under copyright. I'm not sure about the rest of his stuff.
2: It might be, I mean... He did a Tarzan Pellucidar... Um, crossover ones.
0: Yeah. Oh, Tarzan at the Earth's Car.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: but Yeah, like, there's ones far, in, like, it's first, the first of okay, those... Okay, there 19- we go.
2: Savage Pellucidar. Hmm. Copyright for this story was renewed in the United States on De- December 9th, 1991 by Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated. <laughs> yep. And should therefore expire on 1st of January, 2059.
0: Um, Which is code for never.
2: <laughs> yeah. It has expired in Australia.
0: But yeah, like a lot of these like, have expired in places that are slightly more sane about their copyright. <laughs> um, Pellucidar itself, the mm-hmm.
2: original novel, uh, copyright has expired in the United States.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's from like 1914.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Savage Pellucidar is one of the other books in the, or one of the other stories in the series.
0: Yeah, I think Savage Pellucidar like, is one the of the collection. last
2: ones. Yeah, it was the seventh one. Posthumous, apparently. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Of course, that was also the last one in the series to be published. And, I mean, literally. Yeah. Uh, as I said, posthumously. Um, oh, but what else? Well, for that matter, again, if we want to go into time travel or really weird stuff, Conan.
0: Oh, heavens. Mm. An age dreamed of.
2: Conan the Barbarian was never under copyright. Really? Yeah. That's why th- that's why so many different authors have written stories about him. Damn. Yeah, his author died really young, and the copyright. I'm not. Even, I mean, obviously there was some copyright at some point, but it lapsed very soon.
0: Robert E. Howard died in 1936. It was uh, before copyright really went crazy.
2: Yeah. So I mean, and even then, yeah. I mean, he was part of H.P. Lovecraft. Circle, and they were just constantly borrowing stuff off of each other all the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: I mean in some of the Conan stories you will see stuff like Eeya Eeya the Patagon
0: <laughs> really I just want every excuse to do the opening uh, like wizard ranting from the beginning of the Conan movie <laughs> between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis no I'm going to stop <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, so many good games that, c- that
0: could be made, and yet won't. I mean, yeah. we live in a tragic the world. Real,
2: the only real issue is how um, is how close can we skirt to not being officially a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen fan game?
0: Mm. Well, it's fine as long as you just say, "Well, I'm actually just." Dragging together a whole bunch of characters that were already in the public domain, just like they did. I, you can't yes. stop me. You can't take keep that idea. <laughs> yes, but if you have the exact same
2: roster or very close to it, then they can.
0: Uh, it's uh, it's fine. Of... <laughs> I'll just use a slightly different roster. Everything's fine. We can, the have, we can group have... of pretty cool mans. <laughs> <laughs> bullet. <laughs>
2: Oh no, you have to have a few ladies too, remember we got Queen Khalifa. Oh true. true. You're gonna have to have Nina Harker
0: from Dracula if we have Dracula at all. Sold. Yeah. Okay, the group of pretty cool people. There. Yes. Bulletproof. They can't sue me.
2: <laughs> no, just I coaching this. Steam too.
0: Also possible. But I think I think Nintendo might own that one. <laughs> yeah
1: of Codename Two or Codename Steam Two, should call it the Extraordinary League of Steam.
0: What on earth? Yep. Then people are just going to think it's a Valve fan game.
1: Nah, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Uh, okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's one a softball going right down the going right down the center for you wheels. All right. From budai Have you ever thought about the concept of destiny in an RPG? No, not the Destiny's Destiny Wheels loves, but how the character is chosen by fate to do something. Even without the main character being a chosen one type, the player themselves knows their mission will be a success if they play it long enough. So it can take on the form of this: uh, Is these characters' fate? Bonus question: Is the concept of destiny actually in the Destiny games, or is it just something they thought sounded cool? Yes, it is.
1: Basically the, the the traveler thing sends out a bunch of ghosts which are little robot things that literally resurrect specific people. So So it's Valhalla. It's, um it's yeah, probably. With lots of different things. It's
0: generic.
2: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say I liked the the jokes or the interesting wordplay with Fate in Cross.
0: Oh, the Fate supercomputer.
2: Yeah, I mean, because when you die, it says Fate has no mercy for those who stand against it. And yeah. most of the game, you're thinking it's speaking figuratively. And you have these big tablets of Fate where you pray to save your game. And then you find out that, oh no, Fate is actually a supercomputer from the future who is incarnated as a mutant cat guy. And... <laughs>
0: Who's you also are, your dad for some reason.
2: And you are really, literally standing in the way of fate. By Also, existing... you're
0: reporting your progress to him by saving.
2: Yes. I really you did can... like that as a, a plot element there. Yeah, you can tell that cool.
0: Masato Kato was really obsessed with the idea of what causes a save point for a brief period, because Xenogears has like the exact same plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh I think, uh, I can't remember if Chrono Cross has this visual, but Xenogears has, like, a factory where you see save points being manufactured.
2: It also has a factory where you see dead bodies getting converted into... They uh, just do the entire
0: Soylent Green Twist!
2: It's called the Soylent System.
0: <laughs> it's really baffling. It's, it was one of the strangest, like, what is the... Like, is this supposed to surprise someone? This is a very long and strange homage to be making. <laughs> only, it's, it's only strange if you actually
2: know what it's supposed to be beforehand. Yeah. And I'm guessing that a lot of Japanese teen or young players had never heard of Soylent Green before
0: this game. Possible. Very possible. But... I mean,
2: how many people in America have actually seen or the movie or read the original book?
0: Very few at this point. No one's going to sit down and read Make Room, Make Room, even, because it's not actually called Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: well, I guess, I mean, it's been referenced in a lot of popular shows, so there's probably a lot of yeah. people that know about the, it that way. The
0: concept way. that, like, Soylent Green is what you call food made from people... Has like transcended the idea that Soylent Green is a twist. The idea that like, oh no, you're not supposed to know that Soylent Green is people. <laughs>
2: no, it's it, it's supposed. It is officially made. Uh, it is officially a high protein paste created from soybeans and lentils.
0: Which is now why we can purchase beautiful awful space food from the internet called Soylent. Yeah. I thought
2: that yeah. went out of business.
0: No, no, that's still going. It just occasionally, like, poisons customers. Uh, but, yeah, going going back to his original concept of Destiny in an RPG, I kind of liked, uh, I think uh, Grandia 1 has a decent thing on this, where it's like, well, the spirits kind of made contracts with a few people, but, I mean, like, your character is pretty determined, so they're willing to make a contract with him. They didn't pick him, but he, he seemed like a good candidate. <laughs> I like that concept a lot.
2: Um, okay, so yeah, I, I've seen games that attempted to take the player out with this plot. Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's a lot of things to be done with this, but like going full on into like what the player's role is in it involves a lot of metatextual elements that I don't think a lot of games would really want to deal with. Yeah. Except for contact. Yeah, contact was the thing I was thinking of when I was reading this question. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, otherwise, you get some fun meta-textual elements that uh, I think uh, the director of Dark Souls referred to the idea that, like, oh, players who don't fin- who stop playing the game, like, oh, well, they aren't... One, Dark Souls kind of does this with, like, the idea that, like, oh, they keep talking about the Chosen Undead. There is no Chosen Undead. There's just a lot of Undeads, and eventually one of them is bound to do it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But also the, the the claim by Hidetaka Miyazaki that oh a player who didn't finish they didn't like there is a canonical state for their character their character went hollow. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh. that's pretty cool. Like oh yeah no they just went mine they you know forevermore they gave up because like that's that is the state of failure in in Dark Souls is nothing can die everything continues to come back. But those who lose their mind and just give up, those are those are the monsters you're fighting. So, it's, like Dark Souls actually does a good metatextual commentary yeah. on like the player and continuing to uh, persevere against unfair odds and things like yeah. that.
1: There's a lot of reasons uh, that Dark Souls still continues to interest people well beyond kind of the the gameplay and I think that's one, yeah. one of the things about it. It must is be just, on the
0: way that its imitators do yeah, in that sense as well.
1: There's just really interesting world and concepts in there. And Dark Souls
0: is very... Okay. I was
1: just going to say, and it doesn't like throw it right in your face. You kind of have to slowly absorb it, I guess, would be the best way to describe it.
0: Yeah, it, it was not at all surprising to find out, oh, Hidetaka Miyazaki read English fantasy novels that he couldn't read all of the words of and also, some of them were missing pages. <laughs> what? And that's, that was one of the things he grew up doing, and that's why Dark Souls is the way that it is.
2: That explains so many interesting things.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like a cosmic, it's like some sort of like Rosetta Stone to understanding like, oh, this is why he does things this way. Hmm.
1: I still want him to make an Armored Core game, because I'd really like to see what weird
0: sort of Armored Core game he makes. I mean, Armored Core already has some truly insane plot lines, so sign me up. <laughs> uh, I was, the other one I was going to bring up
1: in terms of fate would be Xenoblade Chronicles. Because mm-hmm. kind of a lot of the storyline behind that game is uh, Zanza, the god of the Bionis, is supposedly controlling everyone's fate and everything's moving toward his return and control of everything and the eventual resolution is obviously breaking free from that. Um hmm. so I think that one was pretty interesting. And it kinda of plays awesome. it kinda of plays with the idea too, because it's like, oh you're playing Shock, he's can control like the Xenoblade and he's the destined hero, quote unquote kind of throws you for a loop when it's like, oh, no, this is all like the machinations of the bad
0: guy. Spoilers, Bionis was the bad one.
2: <laughs> I know um, for novels, did you ever read the series Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn?
0: don't think I've heard of that one. No. Uh, it was
2: Ted Williams, one of his first series, and um, so you had the had this ancient Sauron-like character, an old uh, elf king who had gone completely insane. And his time of return was nigh, as you might say. Mm -hmm. And all all that the heroes had to go on was this bit of prophecy about three swords that would rise to face the king or something like that. And so they spend the better part of three books attempting to find these three swords named Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. And as it turns out at the end, (laughs) the... The king needs those three swords to recharge himself. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, um, they didn't. They didn't check the provenance of the prophecy until it was a little late in the game, or they would have realized that the prophecy had been written by the the settings equivalent to the mad Arab Abdulaziz. Wow, the guy who wrote the Necronomicon in H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So does, does the series, like, end with him returning?
2: And Oh, they they win at, eventually at the end, but it's a rude awakening, and yeah, it's also the reason cool. why the third book of the series is sold in two halves. Um, it was a really big, long book. <laughs> yeah, that sounds
1: really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: there's It's think only, that's almost that's almost the one time I've seen Fantasy, Fantasy Race Eskimos. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, they are... Um, they're like, a uh, part, um, I mean, if you want to go into ha- their design, they're like part halfling, part old Nordic troll, like, from Frozen, and a mm. good portion Eskimo, including the names. Mm. And the pronunciation of the names, and the fact that nobody can pronounce the, that character's name for anything.
0: <laughs> for love nor money. Like,
2: ha- it's just, there's a letter Q. How in the world are you supposed to pronounce just a letter Q? Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess as as far as I can say in regards to the original question, there there are some games that do some interesting things with like the concept of destiny, but it's one of those things I feel like ultimately has gotten less uh, pronounced as a driving story theme over the over the years.
2: I mean, part of that's is that they're trying to reduce the. Just the railroading of the story,
0: yeah, I mean, and I mean certainly more nonlinear games tend to only it's really... Whole,
2: it's the whole th- sandbox thing hitting the the um, indes- in the industry standards,
0: yeah, but I mean also just uh, uh, like as a story element, like if a character is heroic, there's less of a tendency to say that there was like, like I think it's it's just be- it's somewhat fallen out of fashion to some greater sure. or lesser extent
2: there's only so many times you can do it before it gets really old.
0: Yeah. And it also creates this situation where like it's less special that a person that a character is heroic by it, by virtue of like it was prophesized that they must be so. Cuz it's like, oh, well, of course they're heroic, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, you don't you don't need to give a lot of reasons for a person to be a good person. If you're like, if the plot involves them being a good person, you show that in the game, and then like they continue to steamroll. They continue to snowball from there.
2: So, whereas the game I'm playing right now, Tales of Innocence, the entire cast is the reincarnation of a pantheon that managed to wipe itself out sometime in the distant past.
0: Huh. Good on and, you, old pantheon. <laughs>
2: yes. Um... In, in the middle of a war that may or may not have been over whether or not to merge heaven and earth back into one place again. So, um, the, so all the characters are dealing with past memories and occasional bouts where previous personalities take over and random or semi-random NPCs out in the field will suddenly remember or realize that they were foot soldiers in this great army that was trying to kill the main character's former life and just morph into a weird angel thing and try to kill everyone. Huh. Yeah. Good. It's picking up. I have heard still the... doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's picking up and <laughs> better to Tempest was.
0: Yeah, I've heard that I have heard that Innocence is a perfectly serviceable Tales of game.
2: Yeah. Except when it comes to navigating the map at first. Because you're just told to go somewhere and you're like, I have no idea where this is. There's no points on the map for me to tell. <laughs> I'm suddenly understanding why Tales of Hearts did not let give you access to the world map for ha- until half the game through. <laughs> Instead of having you run through corridor-like trails between towns.
0: Yeah, these little linker areas.
2: Yeah. That suddenly makes a lot more sense.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tales of Hearts has a lot of, like, understands a lot of the limitations and what it should be doing. Yeah. If only we'd gotten the full, the proper DS version. Oh well. Let's not do this again. I don't want to go diving into. But we could. This. We, but we won't.
1: Okay. Okay. But now we I'm could. To
0: remember, I'm now. I'm trying to remember. What frickin' Futurama joke I'm remembering where it's the professor just shouting We could, but we won't
2: Well I was thinking, um it's like, oh what are you drinking? Soylent cola. Well, how's it taste? Oh the opinions vary from person to person. It varies <laughs> from person to person. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: Yes. That is probably the best soylent joke I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah. Okay, I, I found it. It was it was just like <laughs> Someone, someone like Amy being asked to be dropped off uh, to co visit her boyfriend. For Farnsworth, just saying, we. C- you c-, she just says, "You could drop me off on the way," and he, just, Farnsworth, just responding, "We could, but we won't." <laughs> it's a spaceship, damn it! Not a, Oh, now I know why I remember this line. It's a spaceship, damn it! Not a problem. limousine. Uh, <laughs> if anyone needs me, I'll be in the Angry Dome. <laughs> Which game was this? This was not a game. This was just Futurama. Oh, okay. Which is to say, a show that I will never stop voting. It's the best show. Listen, I need an angry dome. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll build my own angry dome.
1: With blackjack and hookers. And okay, f- we're
0: stopping. I'm nipping this in the mud. <laughs> yeah, forget the dome. <laughs> okay, moving on to Budai's next question. We all know about series that are really popular in Japan but smaller in the West. Instead, what are some games that are mid to small in Japan but entirely unknown in the West? This would be something that only Gaijin would have any context for. Well, Metal (laughs) Um, I
2: mean, okay, he's talking small to mediums that implies some sort of success rate. And most and anything that's that successful in Japan usually ends up in America at some point. Um, I mean, Metal Max is, about, is sometime going to soon going to have its second game arrive. Um, yeah. But um, let's see, no, that one came over. That one came over. <laughs> Just,
0: <that's the> Star- <laughs> oh, Starfy! We got one of the five of those.
2: We you did finally okay.
0: Yeah, uh, the last one on DS we got.
2: So yeah, Starfy. There's one. It's a cute little platforming game where you're a starfish.
0: Very Kirby-esque.
2: Yeah, and Umihara Kawase.
0: Yeah, we finally started getting those as well. For a while, they tried to market... There was one of them that I think they wanted to rename. They wanted to call it Yumi's Odd Odyssey. But they they ultimately just... Oh, they did actually release it as that? Yes, they did. (laughs) I think after a while, they just gave up and started calling it Umihara Kawase anyway. But yeah, we get those now somehow.
2: Yeah, I mean... Those are... I mean, it's really hard to find a series that is still around, that is still considered small to no moderate success and has not been ported. Um, yeah. Um, I can think of some old PlayStation Portable games that were had series that don't exist anymore. Oh, um, boy. Um... um, um, um This is a strangely difficult question.
1: We almost didn't get any seventh dragons. Instead, we only got the one one that's like a celebration of all the other ones.
0: Listen, bad translations have made up the rest, I think. Yeah, they have.
2: But but you're not missing much on the first game. (laughs) Uh, um, um, er. What about... Uh, Super Robot Wars. Well, that one's got lots of attention in America, it's just it's never coming over for (laughs) likes. It's
0: true. Yeah, like, it would cost more than most games' budget to license all of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Metabots? Does that still exist? Metabots?
2: Yeah, it still exists. I've got number seven... Actually, no. I've got number eight in my backlog to play sometime for this year. Nice. Um, and again, that's one that people are aware of in America because of the the anime and the Game Boy game Game Boy Advance games that came over. Uh, but we're trying for something that has very, very limited exposure in America, and that's Slim Pickens. Very uh, riding in the riding the bomb down. <laughs> I May mean, I think of lots of just really minor one one trick wonders or one-trick ponies, one, um, one-hit one wonders.
0: Yeah, anything that tries to, that tries to get big, try like, tries to expand its audience at all, generally, finally finds a way here at some point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would have, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, I probably would have said it's and Mega Ten and quite a few others that are suddenly here.
1: And we even get all of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With very rare exceptions
2: mostly DS
1: yep and that's right we missed the one on 3DS
2: well, that one was just a remake of Verona okay I was, kind of, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't try to expand into 3DS again but you did get Adventure Bar Story which is effectively a, an Italia game <laughs>
1: I'll have to try that one
2: it was a cute game Probably pretty cheap on the 3DS eStore. I'm e sure. But yeah, go for the story. 3DS version because I like the graphics better on that.
1: What else is it out on? PC?
2: Oh, it was originally a, an iPhone game. Oh, yeah.
1: Was, uh, I, it's bleh.
2: <laughs> iPhone, Vita, and 3DS. So 3DS got graphics upgrades. Nice. Style. Yeah, um,. Pretty much any moderately successful series in this country, you can probably find one or two parts of it in America now. Yeah. Let's say Metal Max. Just say Metal Max,
1: because that's a good answer. Yeah, that's that's always a good answer.
2: Especially since if anybody does know it in America, what they remember is the PlayStation 2 game, which was the second worst in the series. (laughs) The, The one that came right before they instituted stuff like multiple weapons per character... And an elimination of I- of item inventory limits and actual uses for some of the gag items. <laughs> I mean, for the first three games, including Metal Saga, you could get fake tattoos and lipstick and wigs and things like that. And they didn't really do anything except as a joke. <laughs> after that, and after that, from, from Season of Steel onward, the characters actually had machismo stats. Which didn't do much, but they sometimes had fun. <laughs> so you can slap on a fake tattoo and raise your machismo ten points.
1: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. So, so yes, Atom Wheels, all the games I sent you, they all have machismo stats. And Metal Max 2 Reloaded even has one or two scenarios that rely on you having a really macho character in your party in order to trigger them. <laughs>
1: So does raising your machismo get you more uh, girlfriend motorcycles?
2: No, but there is an attack called the manly punch that bases itself off of that stat, <laughs> and if you can make it go negative too, in which case you can have the flash kick for the ladies. Nice. So yeah, you can put it. You can get it all the way up to two hundred or all the way down to negative two hundred. <laughs>
1: so what happens if it, if you get it well into the negative?
2: If you get it that far into negatives, you're basically... Ca- it's femininity instead of machismo.
1: Ah. So can... so... Is the main character the only one you can change that stat on?
2: Oh no, you can change it on anybody.
1: So if you get the female characters, you have to try and reduce that stat? Oh,
2: well, there's a lot of... there's a lot of equipment that will reduce it automatically. Nice. You can imagine what kind of equipment. Um, so, Ugh. some of it's in good armor. Anyway, so wheels. Do you have the alliance alive?
1: Uh, I do not yet. pick yes. it up tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not sure who you is reviewing check it.
2: Hear about it next week.
1: Yes, I did start reading a book though.
2: Oh, good. Yes. One more.
1: Uh, it's a wonderful tale about a bunch of young girls playing D&D in a pizza parlor with their uncle.
2: Yes. Uh, technically, it's based off of Pathfinder, but I didn't actually mention it anywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it did a really good job of describing D&D without actually using a name or really going into any rule specifics or anything like that very nice. It, remind, it, 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 it made, made me remember like the, the early times, like super early times playing D&D for the first time. So, good times so far.
2: Yay.
1: I'm looking forward to reading more of it.
2: How far did you get?
1: Um, i gonna say like 20 pages in or so. Uh, it was definitely an easy read. Yeah, it was...
2: That was the target reading level. Yeah. I'm really
1: really enjoying it. I I sent out, obviously you didn't see it, but I sent out a tweet earlier on uh, Twitter to point people Uh, to the book.
2: Nick's mentioned it to me. Oh, good. Good work, sir. Thank you, thank you.
1: Are you going to write any more in the future, or is this kind of it?
2: Oh, I'm up to episode seven now. Oh, yes, sweet. Um currently available on kindle e-store is it's up to episode four episode five should be coming out in the next week or two depending on how fast I can get the cover back nice back Um, so I'm trying to post them or put them up on the e-store every three months or so Nice. Yep. and uh, the primary plot line has everything charted out up to about episode 15 okay Nice. But I I still have to type out the rest of Episode 7 right now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Each episode takes up almost the exact same number of pages in my notebook. um, Because I finished the first one on page 32 of the notebook, and I just decided that's going to be the length for all of them. Except my handwriting has gotten much more cramped over the last (laughs) two and a half years. So um, the first episode is just under 20,000 words, the seventh episode is looking to be closer to three or 4,000, or forty thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, we shall see. Probably, probably won't get too far past thirty, but you never know. But yeah, it's a it's a
1: really good structure for a story. I'm surprised I've like never seen anyone do that before. Like using D and D as a way to, to to just jump into fantasy.
2: I mean, I've seen it done in web comics before, but usually as an aside to a main plot. Yeah. Yeah,
1: never really in a book.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, just, I decided it was a nice framing device, and um, it worked really well to help explain things as they happen in in the story. And if anything is ever inconsistent, I can just blame it on a <laughs> group of free teens making up the world as they go along. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's different now. You know what? Okay, we kind of retconned that. Yes, we did. Um, <laughs> That only happens once or twice uh, yeah <laughs> but no but the real fun the real fun is um, one of the characters I don't think you've gotten to the point where she actually uses it yet but one of the characters has a magical scepter rod thing that her grandmother the witch gave her and she doesn't know what it does and the player doesn't know what it does and the game master really knows what it does and he's just waiting <laughs> Because, uh, because just, just to say it, it's a rod of wonder.
1: Oh boy!
2: <laughs> yes, using the using the base set of options from like that I got from Paizo.com. Um, but the fun part is that every while I was writing the story, every time she whips that thing out and tries to use it, I roll the dice and see what happens. <laughs> And sometimes it's it's minor, sometimes it's actually quite a few times it has been surprisingly useful. (laughs) In at at least one point, it actually ended a fight before I really wanted it to end. And at a different point, it caused an effect that will have lasting repercussions for the rest of the entire series. (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) So So, yeah, if you ever won a real challenge with creative writing, introduce... A very literal random element. <laughs> <laughs> so, because usually you see something like that and you think, okay, it's a it's a convenient deus ex machina for the the writer to use to get out of whatever. And like, no, I've got a couple d tens here. I just roll them. <laughs> Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, rot of wonder. Yes. Trying to think of some, I'm thinking of some of the other random things there. Like uh was it Book of Wonder or something?
2: Yeah, I I remember reading the original uh, Pools of Radiance novelization, way way back in the day, like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and the one of the characters had a rod, uh, had a uh, wand of wonder, ah, uh. which I do not remember if ever it ever was ever of any use, but I was just like, okay, but yeah. It's, a fun, it's fun to play, and it's even more fun to come up with class combinations that should never feasibly really work, but somehow, yay, this is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> yes. So, Dave, you should read this one, too. Go ahead. Okay. Is Dave?
1: He Dave? Dave? Where'd he go?
2: Okay, he'll be back. <laughs> I hope. All right. Okay.
1: Uh, so, I think that's all our questions.
2: Well, let's double check just to make sure. Yeah. You didn't do anything crazy like ask Twitter right beforehand. I did not time. ask,
1: yeah, I did not poll Twitter this time. Is that, that got us a ton of questions last time? Let's
2: see. No, I think we pretty much got it all. I mean, let's see, we had a new trailer for Metal Max Xeno come out. Yes. How did you enjoy that? Uh, it was quite good. I was just watching and going, oh, I know that tank. I know that tank. Ooh, that's a new one. Yay, <laughs> that one. Yay. And it's like, oh, right, we got the battleship Zarus again. Oh, that looks big. Oh, lots of little bomber things. Cool. Wow, giant snapping turtle mecha. Nice. Yes. Oh, is that the Martian tripod? I haven't seen that one since Metal Max 3. <laughs> oh, but no, never mind. There was a there was a cameo appearance in Metal Max 4 as an optional boss.
1: Yep. Uh, I can't wait. Yep. Does, does that have an English release date? I can't even remember.
2: Not yet, apparently. Okay. So yes, it's been announced, and we do not know when.
1: Well, that's still better than not knowing if we'll ever see one whatsoever, so... I'll take it.
2: yes well, yeah, so expect me in about mm, 21 days I will... or actually... 23 days, I will be post, or I will just start posting random events in the What Are You Playing Today thread. And it's like, oh, today I did this. No context. (laughs) Today I did this. No context. And just see what the reactions are. (laughs) Because, I mean, Metal Max 4, it was stuff like, oh, I was in a battle with a giant tree, and then a cloud attacked me. Oh, I found a car that was parked on top of a giant pillar of stone somehow. (laughs) Oh, today I joined the honorable mystic order of the sporkbenders. (laughs) Oh, today I had to fight space zombies. And then giant man eating mutant carrots. (laughs) And then invasion of the space bees. This is all optional content, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, I went on a treasure hunt in a fake Hawaiian resort above the Alpine line. Oh! It has a crazy android stalker. Slas- slasher movie villain.
1: <laughs> who uh,
2: can killed crap.
1: <laughs> good times. Good times.
2: Uh, would you like to know how to kill the slasher movie villain, android? Yes. Okay, so... First of all, you cannot kill him. Uh, You have to run away from him every time you run into him because he will be all over the place in that area. What you need to do is lure him out onto the frozen lake in the middle of the area and get into a fight and then use flare guns (laughs) to destroy the ice. You think it's quite heavy. (laughs) And then as you're trying to leave, he will attack you again after having... Been, had most of his epidermis burned or fake epidermis burned off and having to claw his way out of the chilly frozen waters so you'll be fighting basically the T the T900 exos, um, endoskeleton <laughs> that one can be killed have I mentioned how much I'm really hoping Metal Max Xeno lives up to its previous four installments? I think you have <laughs> yeah. and hopefully really like it, it does it. yes is I really cannot see Kriotek dropping the ball that hard. Unless it's a wrecking ball attached to a motor scooter, in which case it will be dropping very hard on something. (laughs) Possibly zombies riding Harley-Davidson's with chainsaws. (laughs) Yes, you laugh. They're they're really annoying at one point in the game. Um, See, I can just keep on doing this over and over and (laughs) over again with zero context, and it just sounds ridiculous.
1: (laughs) I totally believe it, though. I have seen not nearly as much as you, but enough to know to totally believe you.
2: Yes. I just remember some of the reactions from when I was playing Metal Max 4. and Some of the random stuff I would post, and they're like, I don't want to try this game! (laughs) Why isn't this game in English? Yes. I swear, I swear, at some point I'm going to come up with D&D-style stats for Baobabunga, the 20-story tall Baobab Kaiju. <laughs> Just because I I really want to try that thing in a game sometime.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But again, you would actually have to bring up the Kaiju rules and treat it as terrain. <laughs> Which, I mean, in the games, it actually attacks you with an ecosystem. <laughs> what the heck? It, it's, it's, got, it's got bomber birds nesting in its branches, so it'll just send those out to attack you. It will drop these Vulcan-headed caterpillars, like Vulcan gun-headed caterpillars, down out of it to attack you. It will spear you with roots. It will release toxic gas from its bark. <laughs> it will shake its branches and explosive berries will rain down. Yes. But as I've said, this is a game that looks at stuff like the heavy metal guitarist with flamethrower from Mad Max Fury Road and says, hold my beer. <laughs> because, I mean, honestly, the guitarist with the flamethrower in, in Fury Road would make a pretty decent boss for this game series.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen in this game. So That seems... Yeah, yeah, it just seems perfect ne- for the series.
2: You never know, because they, they love to reference random post-apocalyptic movies in weird ways. <laughs> I mean, um, Metal Max 3 has one area that really has zero use. It, it is not involved in any side quests or anything. It's just a spot that you can visit. And it is one elaborate reference to the novel On the Beach. <laughs> I did not realize that this this at first, but this just examining, finding re- remains of human bodies in different spots, reading journals, and thinking this seems familiar. And I was like, I'm going to check this out, and so I just brought up On the Beach on Wikipedia and looked over the plot synopsis and I'm like, yes, this entire little region in the corner of the map that has absolutely no purpose is a convoluted reference to this classic post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout novel. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because somebody was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mainly I I just admire the series because it is so not afraid to be just balls out ridiculous. We you
1: know need I mean? we need more series like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, some of the the standard fun complaints about Fallout like how radiation doesn't work that way or filtration systems don't work that way or random other thing does not work that way. Yeah. Metal Max just says, "Who cares? This is cool." <laughs> yeah, that's that's really all it is. Yep, who cares? This is cool. Which is why my Metal Max 4 review is the single most enthusiastically bombastic thing I have ever written for this site. <laughs> I'll make that no the uh, the uh, this game sucks tribute to bravely default that I wrote for April first. That's well, <laughs> Similarly, um, energetic. That was not good. Not quite as energetic, but yeah.
1: That was really good.
2: I I remember the comments thread for that. And it was like, like okay, I'm looking at the date, but I'm not sure if this is an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I mean, even when the sin, even when the one section of it was like, okay, the, the racing car RPG it was like, the all every single point I made was you. You fight in drag race ba- battles with robots that transform into race cars or something along the like, lines of that. And I just repeated that point four times. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Speaking of series that just kind of failed.
1: Yeah. It, you could almost say it defaulted.
2: Oh, I'm not talking about Bravely Default. I'm talking about the race car game.
1: Oh.
2: Damn. That one never got a sequel.
1: Well, Bravely Default also kind of defaulted after two games.
2: Oh, Oh, wait, we still had a question, didn't we? There was one about Octopath Traveler and Saga. Oh,
1: there was! Oh, my god. Hold on, I'll pull it up.
2: Okay. Or do you have it up? No, I don't yet.
1: Okay, I got it. It's from Strawberry Eggs. He said, I've heard people compare Octopath (laughs) Traveler and Saga on a few occasions. Is it just the pick one character and follow their story thing, or is there more to it? I haven't played a Saga game yet, so I don't really know.
2: Um, I have not actually seen any battle footage, but I haven't heard anything (laughs) about that either. So I'm gonna say it's probably the choose which character to follow thing, which is very much a Kawazu kind of thing, because he did something similar on uh, Treasure of the Rudra.
1: Yeah, I'd say the art style as well is reminiscent of like the 16-bit Saga games I think more than it is like 16-bit Final Fantasy
2: course, I mean part of that's because most of the 16-bit Final Fantasies had super deformed sprites for world maps and stuff yeah Yeah. whereas the Saga games, oh, except for the first one, Romancing Saga games had pretty well designed character sprites
1: uh, other than that, it's been a while since I played the demo, I don't think there was a lot like Saga-ish in the combat
2: did uh, it have a light bulb over the head?
1: Not that I can recall.
2: Then no, it is not like Saga. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, even even Saga Scarlet Grace, which does some things very differently, still has the light bulb over the head. Yep. And you know it's going to be there. Yep. So.
1: And yeah, that light bulb's kind of been a staple since uh, ro- Romancing Saga, right?
2: Romancing Saga too.
1: It wasn't in the original.
2: No, it was not. Oh. And the original you just um you got basically you built up experience with a weapon and it would unlock attacks on that weapon. Ah. Except you would lose all these attacks as soon as you took the weapon off. <laughs> which was really really annoying. All right. So uh, See, I did not realize that I did not realize that acquire was working on Octopath Traveler. Yes.
1: I did not realize it either. All well, I think acquire,
2: I... They did class of heroes and dungeons and damn, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had to think about dungeons for a while. <laughs> oh, Dungeons and the Dam- that was a fun game to play, too. Yes.
1: Which one was that?
2: That was the one where um, it was more of a RTS thing, but you had to put together squads of heroes to go into a dungeon to try and root out the source of the problem for each level. Uh. And while at the same time you were... Your main character was overseeing the the uh, the renovation of a dam that was the defining feature of the town, and in order to flood the dungeon out, <laughs> it was actually kind of interesting. Um, had a really good story, and it was supposedly up for localization, but then it all fell through, which I still blame on most likely on that somebody on um, on the localization team made it to. The 6th or 7th chapter where it's revealed that one of the cute shrine girl twins is actually a boy. (laughs) Yep. One of the better situations of a transgender character I've seen in a Japanese video game. I can't really think of that it's right up, so it has to be up there.
1: I was going to say, I can't really think of too many instances.
2: I can think of about maybe four or five.
1: Uh...
2: I don't know how many of them you would actually have ever played.
1: Yeah, probably not too many. There was Catherine, and that's... And, um, Nier, I think.
2: Yep, there's two there. Um, and Dungeons the Dam is three. There's, um, there's Ferris the Final Fantasy Top, who's technically a cross-dresser. Yep. Um... um one of the characters in um, Nightmare Project Yakata. Had multiple personality disorder, and two of his multiple personalities were women. Uh-huh. And even better, he would, like, almost, I mean, he would physically change out, I mean, not just outfits, but physically, like, change shape almost whenever he switched to a different personality. Interesting. Yeah. So, it got weird. Really weird. That was a very weird game. Uh, oh, and uh, Ocarina of Time.
1: Um,
2: Zelda described them. Oh, yeah, sheep. Right. <laughs> physically transformed into sheep, was a male character. Yep, and not just disguised because they obviously have very different character model builds.
1: It's true. Um,
2: did you ever play Rizod? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Which one is
2: that? that? That was the really weird Wizard of Oz DS RPG.
1: No, I, I, didn't,
2: never played, I didn't. So I don't know if they ever if they included Ozma and Tip in there. If they did, then there's another transgender character. Oh, and there's another fun character to include for a codenamed Steam sequel, Ozma <laughs> of Oz. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Alright. Oh, I think... The date is MIA, and yeah. you're about the SIA. Yes,
1: so we should probably wrap things up. You can send us questions in the usual place, on the forums, on the Twitters, Uh, and obviously we are good about going back in case you send in a question late, and um, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Peace out.